I'm a free black man, hold up my head, black man. Beautiful black man, I don't that feel nice, man. I love your brother, black man, and chase your dreams, black man. And get that cream, black man, we the original man. Do you ever find yourself constantly moving the goalpost? Constantly trying to reach that next level of success, both in your personal and professional life? You know, if you're an entrepreneur like me, we're constantly chasing that next revenue goal or that expansion goal that's going to allow us to increase our impact as if that's going to be enough. But one of the things I've learned as I've gotten older is that for high achievers like me, we're constantly chasing that next level of success. And while it's good to grow and push ourselves, it can also take us away from many of the blessings that we have right in front of us and cause us to struggle with being present. And on this episode of Confessions of a Native Son, I open up about my struggles with being present and how my constant journey of pushing the goalpost in my life is taken away from that. I don't know what many of you have going on in your personal lives, but I felt like this would be a, a good time to talk about this, you know, because I've achieved so much success in such a short amount of time, but that deep down, I, I don't always feel like I'm successful. You know, I've launched a, a social enterprise in one of the most difficult cities in the country. I've established myself as an entrepreneur I've gotten my master's from Rutgers. I have a beautiful girlfriend. And yet I'm still always trying to achieve that next goal. And I'd use this episode to talk about that and what I'm going to do to be more present. And uh, whether you can relate or not, you know, I really do hope you're able to take something away from the following episode. And before we get into it, I'd like to acknowledge the sponsors for today, which include my organization, Ironbound Boxing a nonprofit organization in Newark, New Jersey that provides free amateur boxing training, entrepreneur education, and employment opportunities to youth and young adults in Newark, New, Jer Newark, New Jersey. You can support the cause today by visiting www.ironboundboxing.org. I'd also like to acknowledge Dope Coffee, a lifestyle brand that pairs urban black culture with innovative product offerings in the coffee industry. We're not a coffee brand for black people. We're a coffee brand that seeks to elevate black culture through a lifestyle of premium coffee and candid conversation. As always, I appreciate you for sharing your time with me, and I hope you enjoy today's show. And circle back to your hood and teach them youngsters to do it, 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 do it. What's going on, everyone? This is Iron Mike Stedman, and you're listening to another edition of Confessions of a Native Son a black veteran's perspectives on race, culture, and business. I appreciate you for tuning into my show. Doing a little something different tonight. I decided to get out my apartment and uh, podcast outside. I'm on the campus of Rutgers University, Newark. It's a Friday night at exactly 10.30 p.m. And uh, usually when I record this show, I record it from inside my apartment or I record it from my podcast studio. Uh, both which are in, in downtown Newark. But, you know, one of the things I've been really adamant about is leaning into this show and really using it as a way to get my thoughts out. You know, I spend so much time in my head thinking about different stuff and, and thinking about um, books and topics I want to cover over the show to the point that a lot of times I don't actually even get them out. And so what you're going to be noticing is I'm, excuse me, going back to a weekly drop um, and I'm forcing myself to podcast and I'm kind of cutting off one side of my brain 
and just really just getting on the mic and starting to do some free flowing, you know, uh, thought leadership, if, if that's what you want to call it, or some free flowing thinking. And it's interesting because when I look at a lot of the downloads on some of my uh, most popular episodes, right, those were pretty raw, unedited episodes that I released. You know, they didn't have the fancy music. Some didn't even have the intro music altogether. You know, I did the episode on George Floyd. I did the episode, you know, Always Faithful, uh, part three, I believe, about my deployment to Afghanistan. And those are some of my, my like most downloaded episodes. And so it just kind of serves as a reminder to me that there's a lot of vanity metrics out there that we associate with success versus just getting up and doing the work. And so part of me is just getting up and doing the work. And, you know, my success as an entrepreneur is starting to increase. And, you know, this show is is very important to me. And so I, I just know that if I'm going to make this thing work, I got to prioritize it. And so I'm just being super active about just jumping on the mic and hitting record and being okay that it's not perfect, but getting these ideas out into the, the universe and sharing them with you. And so, you know, one of the things I want to talk about today that's on my heart and on my mind is uh, entrepreneurship. And it leads into my confession, which is that, you know, as an entrepreneur, I struggle because I keep moving the goalpost and it's, it's causing me to struggle with being present and appreciating the progress I've made thus far and just living in the moment and not necessarily living in the past or focusing on the future, but literally just learning to, you know, embrace the moment, pat myself on the back and appreciate, be appreciative of what I've already accomplished. And I think I talked about it on the last episode of, you know, it's real easy in this life to, so to compare yourself and I know many of y'all that are listening to this show, not everybody's an entrepreneur. Some of you all have gone to university, gone, got your elite MBAs. Some of you are working in corporate America. Some of you might be teachers, et cetera. But we're all guilty of always kind of looking and being like, man, I, I kind of want to be somewhere else. Or, you know, we're always setting goals out into the distant future. But I've come to realize, like, that's a trap, you know, because the real experience in life is the present and just embracing the present. And I don't know if it's has something to do with us as like Americans that like we have to conquer a hill. And then instead of just kind of sitting on top of the hill, having a picnic and enjoying ourselves, we immediately want to go after something else and conquer the next hill and conquer the next hill. And what that creates is just this life of like, I don't want to call it being unappreciative, but the, the, the this never ending chase when the reality of it is, is that, you know, many of us might have everything we ever wanted right in front of us. You know, it could be our families. It could be our girlfriends. It could be our businesses. I don't know. And, you know, one of the reasons why it's on my heart and my mind now is because with regards to my entrepreneurial journey, you know, there was a time when I first quit my job. I'll never forget. Summer of 2018, I left my job at St. Benedict's. We were having a meeting you know, planning the next year. And at the time I was a house parent, was a head house parent. So I was responsible for all the kids in this residential house at the, at a private school, right in the heart of downtown Newark. And I was just, I was in the meeting. I was just getting fucking anxiety because I was just like, I could just feel my heart wasn't there anymore. You know, and I had this vision for standing up 
uh, this for-profit arm of Ironbound Boxing, teaching boxing to companies in the New York City metro area. And I felt like if I didn't do it, if I didn't leave that job and do it, it would never happen. And I ended up leaving that job. Um, I quit in the, I quit right after the meeting. You know, we were playing the next year. Right after the meeting, I walked into um, the assistant headmaster's office and told him I need to speak with him and let him know that I want to st- I'd be stepping down. And I didn't have a plan, man. I, I jumped out the 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 airplane without a parachute and just, you know, was like, I'll build my parachute on the way down. And I remember, you know, in like the two weeks I had until I had to like move out of my apartment, which was on campus at the time. You know, I was networking mad hard and like with some companies I thought would be a good fit for what I was trying to offer. And one of them was a company right in the heart of downtown Newark. It was uh, like a venture capital firm and I had been communicating with them and they had told me that I could uh, come in and, you know, um, teach boxing. And they said, we will start with like a free demo class, you know, let people kind of get a feel for it, whatever. Big mistake on my part, right? And they booked this class at like six o'clock on a Friday. And I keep telling y'all, Newark is an artificial economy. Most of the people that, that work here don't live here in the city, let alone at a venture capital firm. And so, you know, I'm all excited because this is like my big opportunity. It's my big break. You know, I'm like, you know, this is like my first like really warm prospect. And I'm like, I'm about to make something happen. And we show up to this class and I took one, a couple of my boxers with me to help teach it. And literally nobody showed up. It was like a goose egg. Like nobody showed up. Now, hindsight 2020 at the time, I was a newcomer in the corporate wellness space. And uh, I later found out that you never do free demos because it, it doesn't incentivize the company to want to promote and market it. But at this point, I didn't know any better. But I just remember being like, uh-oh, you know? And I remember going back to my apartment that night. And it's funny because I got this, this couch, right? This this couch I got from like Ikea or I ordered it online. It wasn't Ikea. Some furniture store online. And uh, it's right next to like the door to my patio at my apartment. And I just remember laying on that couch. I got my feet like over the edges and I'm just staring at the ceiling. And I was just contemplating life. And I was like, did I make the right decision? You know, like I quit a a paying job. Here I am, Black Naval Academy graduate in a city with a very high unemployment rate. And I don't I don't have any income coming in. And I, you know, just goose egg my first deal. And it's like, did I make the wrong decision? Did I make the right decision? And I remember at that time, like I couldn't even see what the world was going to look like three months from the point when I quit my job, right? I just remember, I literally remember living like three months at a time because I think in my mind, like that was when I was going to run out of like my first round of money, you know, like whatever I had in my, uh, whatever I had between my like savings and checking. And then I had like my 401k. So I was like doing it in phases, you know? So I knew that after three months, if I didn't have any money, I was going to have to go into my 401k and pull that money out. And then I'd have to go into like all my CDs and everything. And it was just a very trying time. And then like a week later, my girlfriend broke up with me, my ex-girlfriend now, but she broke up with me. And then I ended up getting the tires stolen on my car. So I was like, done. It's like, I felt like it was like the end of old Mike Stedman. I'll tell you that. I was like, and I was, I was going through it, y'all. Y'all have no idea. 
And I don't know if I talked about it on a previous episode, but like my anxiety hit me so hard to the point to where like I found myself like dry heaving and I was like threw up in my bathroom just from sheer anxiety, dealing with the breakup, dealing with the car stolen, dealing with the fact of like I didn't have any like real paying clients. And it was just like a lot. And I'm again, all I wanted to do was make it through three months. Fast forward to today, right? I have sold contracts upwards of $15,000 to businesses. And when I was first starting out on the on the, the boxing side of the house, I was selling classes for like $100 a session. And I couldn't fathom literally like, you know, bringing in like a 5K contract or like a 10K. I mean, that stuff sounded nice, you know? And it, I just remember being like, oh, if only I get like, you know, $5,000 or $10,000 to teach these classes, et cetera, et cetera, right? Like, I'd be so happy, you know, like I'm making, I'm like an entrepreneur, you know? And then when I launched my podcast agency last summer in the middle of COVID, you know, I set out thinking I was going to sell podcasts for like $2,500, you know, I was going to do, or 5K contracts, like 2,500, and I was like 5K, and then here I am selling contracts upwards of like 15 and 20K. And the crazy part about it all is that like, I don't want to say it hasn't changed my life that much, but what it hasn't done is like, it hasn't got you out of the hustle, you know, because now you just kind of have new problems like, uh, you know, client fulfillment, et cetera, et cetera. And the crazy part about it is like sometimes like, when, you, when I first started this entrepreneurial journey, I had f so much fun and excitement and anxiousness and dealing with all that, even the dry heat and all that kind of stuff, right? But there was still this like excitement in you because like you, you felt like you were on this path, you know, like you were, you were doing something special and like you didn't know how it was going to turn out, but you were just committed to the path. You were just walking by faith basically and just kind of had confidence everything would turn out. And in some of those days, those early days when I didn't have any client, when I wasn't doing, you know, just hopes and dreams, right? Those were also some of like the funnest, again, like the funnest days, right? When I think about it, just kind of, and it was, I want to say it was stress-free. It was just a different kind of stress, you know? I was, I was working out, right? You're reading, you know what I'm saying? Like you're doing all this stuff, you're journaling, right? Because that's all you can really do, you don't got clients. Then all of a sudden you start getting paid clients and it's like you you missed the, the peace that you used to have back when you didn't have any. And part of it is because, you know, I think sometimes the reality, the idea and the dreams of what we have for ourselves are a lot different than the actual reality. Once you, you know, you get there, you arrive. And it's kind of got me on this like philosophical route now because I start to wonder, right? Like there's probably somebody out there like looking up to me or that's kind of just now starting out begging and dreaming about the day that they can make over, you know, 5k on a contract or whatever, you know, here I am doing, you know, 15, 20k contracts. Right. And like, little does he know that I'm probably thinking about like, how do I get to, you know, the 40k contracts or et cetera. It's like, we're always moving the goalposts. It's like, we can never just appreciate what we've have, have done, you know? And I'll tell y'all, man, like, it blows my mind because many of y'all know, if you've been following me, I got a business coach. And so I'm part of this group called the Lions Pride. 
And every quarter I go to Jackson Hole, Wyoming to meet with my business coach, you know, and also meet with uh, some of the other members of my group. And there are guys out there just killing it, man, just freaking killing it. You're talking like millions of dollars from their bootstrap business, right? Like, I mean, guys that like a lot of them are West Point grads, Naval Academy grads, you know, generating millions of dollars in revenue. And there was one guy and I hope to get him on this podcast. Right. But I was talking to him and we like, we were going to um, Yellowstone. We did a, a trip out to, uh, it wasn't Yellowstone. Where are we going? We're going somewhere. I was riding in the car. We were going hiking. That's what we were doing. I had gone to Yellowstone because I got out there early, but he didn't actually go to Yellowstone with us. But I just remember asking him, I was like, man, like, what does it feel like, you know, making it, right? Like, he's got, like, uh, he's rented out, like, the suite at the football stadium down in Atlanta, Georgia for the Falcons. You know, they rented out a suite, you know, him and his family, you know, from their business and all this other stuff. And he straight up told me, he's like, I feel like I haven't made it yet. And one of my buddies driving in the front seat was like, isn't that crazy? And it's like, here we all are, you know, at different phases in our businesses. Me, I'm making, you know, about to like over a hundred thousand, probably somewhere around that on track to. That doesn't mean I'm taking that home, y'all, uh, that, that understand what entrepreneurship is about. You got another guy's company's making like millions of dollars, three million dollars, whatever. You got another one that's making more. But here we all are like fucking chasing each other's tails. Not really chasing, but just this like. You know, we're all trying to get to somewhere, wherever that place is. And it just kind of had me thinking that it's all really a trap. And that the idea that, like, we're going to arrive never really exists because it's just going to be new problems. And so one of the things that I'm, like, working on, I'm challenging myself to is just, like, how can I be present and appreciate the ground I've already taken and stop chasing, like, not necessarily like shiny objects, but again, just look around and say like, this ain't too bad, man. This ain't too bad. And really kind of lean into it. You know, part of me thinks it's like, and I, I love having this platform as an entrepreneur because like I can just be vulnerable, you know? And like, there's a lot of, there's a guy named John Lee Dumas who does a podcast and he like posts his income reports and like that's his, his thing for being like vulnerable but for me, I'm vulnerable because I come on here and I, I just try to keep it real with y'all and I, I like talk about it. But, you know, like I do a lot of stuff entrepreneur wise where people see me and they're like, Mike, you're killing it, man. I was on a call today. Somebody was like, man, you were it. You know, he was like, you're crushing it. I love I can. They like you need your own TV show. Da, da, da. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, man, who the hell are y'all talking about sometimes now? I have learned to like push past like the imposter syndrome, but I, I, I thought I conquered it, but I haven't conquered it just yet. And I'm going to talk about that. But like, I'm not going to sit here and say like, oh, I'm a bum. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. What I will acknowledge is that like, it's still not easy for me. It's not like I'm, I have, I'm like making, you know, pouring money. I'm not like printing money yet. Now, am I creating impact? Absolutely. Did I bootstrap a business from my apartment with a microphone and a laptop? Absolutely. You know, and I've built dope brand. I've been on national television. We just did a shoot with freaking Kith Clothing, um, some big clothing brand. I didn't even know who they were. Apparently they're like a Supreme 
they just did a, uh, we, we filmed a, a, a commercial or a spot for them for the Olympics. Me and one of my boxers, Nano. So like all that stuff is real, right? Like, it's not like I'm pulling this out of, like pulling this out of my ass. Like when people see me and they see the stuff I'm doing, giving freaking keynotes, I'm giving a keynote to this like Bob Evans heroes and CEOs thing where they're giving out hundred K. But sometimes it's like, you know, it's hard to see how other people perceive you versus like how you perceive yourself, you know? Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm doing a better job of like accepting that. And Gay Hendricks, Gay Hendricks, author of uh, this book called The Big Leap that I talked about early on in this podcast, like episode 12. One of the things he talks about in the book is, you know, part of like overcoming the imposter and self-doubt in you is like being able to accept when people compliment you instead of feeling uncomfortable, just kind of sitting with it and asking yourself mentally how this makes you feel and just align yourself to embrace that. And I was always uncomfortable with that when people put me on the spot. They're like, Mike Stem is an example of hard work. You know, when you come into these programs, you got to really lean in, blah, blah, blah. And I'd always get super uncomfortable about that. But now I just kind of sit with it, you know, and I kind of just, you know, meditate with it and embrace it. But like I, you know, it's like, what am I working towards? You know, is it a vanity metric? I know. And I, I know when I first started out, my, my my intentions were just free boxing for Newark youth and young adults. That was it. I just wanted a free boxing gym. I thought I would work at St. Benedict's for like 20 years or maybe like 10 years and go become, go become head boxing coach at the Naval Academy and then uh, spend my spend the rest of my life as a head boxing coach at the Naval Academy. Like literally that was my my mind, right? I was like, I had it, I had it like mapped out. I said I was going to live in downtown Annapolis. Every morning I was going to get up like five or six, go to the Naval Academy, work out till eight then or seven, whatever, teach boxing all day work out at lunch or something. And then at the end of the coach, the coach, the club boxing team in the afternoon and they eat, you know, like four o'clock, four to like six, whatever. And then I would leave the Academy and go to like my bar downtown. And I was like, they're going to have a chair there for me that says, uh, head boxing coach or something. And I would go to like the same bar. And like, I, that was like my routine. And then I guess somehow I was supposed to figure out like how to have a family, like a wife and kids and, whatever else. But like when I was transitioning out, right, like that was something that I like mapped out for myself. And then I'm in Newark and I'm coaching boxing, working with the kids, whatever. And then I was like, you know what? Maybe I could do this for like 20 years or whatever, you know, but I think deep down, I'd always want to be like head boxing coach at like, you know what I'm saying? The Naval Academy. But part of the first thing I wanted to do was like built this free gym, which we did. And then I got sucked into this entrepreneurial movement, you know, through uh, one of my buddies from the Naval Academy, a guy named Luke Finney. I was like, you should check out this program at Stanford Ignite called Stanford Ignite. It was like a four-week business, like, boot camp for veterans at Stanford University. So I go out there, and I end up getting in the program, and I end up getting a scholarship. They fly me out there. And I'm out there, and I'm thinking, like, man, yo, Stanford is mad nice. I was like, this is a lot nicer than Newark. Uh, and it gets in your head, right, because it just feels like success. Like, you haven't even really done anything yet. Just being out there makes you feel successful. Kind of like just being at like the Naval Academy or going to some university. Um, but then it's like, you know, I don't know what happened, but I start just kind of like looking in the entrepreneurial scene. I was like, oh man, I can make, 
Ironbound so impactful, you know, and I started thinking about like how we could like scale our program and serve all these other communities and really like pave the way for like amateur boxing in the urban center. And I could kind of lead this sucker. Um, and so, you know, that's kind of entrepreneurship I was reading about, you know, scaling, pitching, um, raising awareness about your venture, you know, thinking big, dreaming big. And that's what I was doing. Right. And I was applying for Echo and Green. I applied for Echo and Green like three times. Didn't get it. You know, I, I talked about that on this pod. And but I'll tell you, you know, one of the things I learned from me is going through that process. Right. With the nonprofit front was, you know, I like being in control, man. Like 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 I don't really like managing a bunch of people, if I'm being honest. And I'm just on this journey of like personal and professional growth. That's why I like describe myself lately as like a renaissance man, do a little podcast and a little boxing, reading, some writing, some coaching, you know, I do all these different things. Right. And I'm just starting to learn that like, you know, I don't, I don't say learn, but I'm starting to accept the fact that like everyone has their own version of like what success kind of looks like. And I think my my version, what, what's successful to me is just, it keeps kind of shifting, but I also think it's getting closer and closer to like the center. And I bring that up with regards to entrepreneurship and being in control because I spent so much time asking people for permission when I first started Ironbound, right? Like asking people to, you know, support this cause, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and when I launched my for-profit arm, I started pitching it, right? And even for like the nonprofit and the for-profit, like, you know, I never really got like the best buy-in, you know, when I had the pitch decks and everything. But luckily I had a mentor and she told me and she was like, Mike, stop pitching, go sell. And so like I stopped pitching <laughs> and that's what I did. You know, and it made wonders on the for-profit side because I started getting paying clients. Because if I would have sat around and asked anyone for permission to me go out and teach boxing to companies, whatever, you know, um, I might have not raised money for that, right? Like it has just been me, you know, twiddling my thumbs instead of like doing the work. And my business coach would call me, Bill Watkins. He's like, Mike, slick your hair back, get out there and start selling. Blah, blah, blah. Same thing on the nonprofit front, man. I just I quit pitching. And I would just get out there and just start coaching kids in Newark, sharing photos on Instagram, sharing videos on LinkedIn. And we built up a little bit of a following, you know? Um, and so, you know, when I launched my podcast agency in the middle of COVID, right, it was just like, I'm not asking anybody for permission. I just want to, this is something I want to do. And to be honest, my business coach kind of told me not to do it. He told me not to do this podcast. Matter of fact, I hadn't even launched this podcast yet and I sent it to him and he said it'd be a distraction, not do it. But I did it anyway. And I'm glad I did because I learned how to podcast off the back of this one. Um, and so, you know, I launched that agency and I just, I just feel this confidence about like, I don't know, man, just creating value and creating things out of like thin air, you know? And that's what it felt like with the podcast with, with entrepreneurship, man. It's literally creating value out of thin air, creating a show and making it happen. You know, this podcast launching the transition, you know, I got some other projects we're working on, you know, we launched, I've launched, you know, projects for for, you know, my clients, et cetera. 
But that kind of really fills me up, you know? And I've made some dope brands. Like, Confessions of a Native Son is dope. It's a head nod to Richard Wright and James Baldwin. I got my little, you know, cartoon avatar. And I remember the night I popped up out of my bed and I wrote out the whole script for Confessions of a Native Son. I was reading this, uh, I think, I forgot, Start Finishing by this guy named Charlie Gilkey. And it was about, like, productivity, et cetera. And I just remember reading that book and he was saying that, like, you you know, we have these things, this, this stuff called head trash, which is like all these ideas that we want to act upon, but we never do it. And then it just sits in our head and it becomes like head trash. And I had talked to Mike Lloyd about this podcast. I had talked to other people about, oh, I was going to do this podcast, Confessions of a Native Son, probably like a year before I ever launched the show. And then one night I just jumped up, boom, I got at my computer, I wrote out the script and everything, and I fired it off to uh, the Gifted Sounds Network and was like, I want to launch this show. And I want to set a launch date for like February 1st. And it's, it's here we are, right? And the concept is still true. The cover art, everything. I just, I'm very proud of it. Like, I love it, right? I was like looking, I'm like over 40 some episodes now. And I've had time off, right? Like, obviously I haven't kept the most consistent schedule, but I'm working with, working on it now. Then, you know, we launched a transition, right? For Bunker Lives, really, really dope podcast, right? And so it's like, man, like, Sometimes I can look at other people's shows and I'm like, oh man, I wish I, oh, I didn't think of that. I should do a show like this. And it's like, Mike, look at your own shows. Like, damn, stop moving a goal. You have a dope show. You already got dope platforms, you know, embrace it, love it, lean into it. Um, but like, I just, I just like remember that stuff. And so for me, right, as I'm just kind of, you know, thinking of like, man, I don't know, what kind of entrepreneur do I want to be? And it's funny, when I started the for-profit, honest to God, the for-profit model, even the corporate boxing, it was never about, I mean, I was telling other people about like, oh yeah, we're going to have this model and then we can hire the kids as trainers, et cetera, and then have that as like a revenue generating source. And if you don't know my skepticism with this conscious capital, social impact way of, of viewing the world, right? Go back and listen to, you know, the episode that I gave before this one, which is uh, my, skeptic my skepticism with conscious capital. But to, to be honest, the sole reason I left my job at St. Benning's was to focus on building out our nonprofit. And my for-profit hustles, the whole goal of those was to free me up to be able to grow our nonprofit. It was to free me up to be able to take meetings in the middle of the day or go shoot videos or shoot, do the content, like whatever it took to move our nonprofit forward. And by and large, right, we've, we've done that. And even on that front, man, like I, I want to do a, a blog post about wins and losses, right? But I've taken massive L's along the way this journey. I'm always like, I don't want to say stressed out, but like, this shit is not sexy all the time, right? Like, what do we do? We work with kids in the inner city, in one of the most challenging environments in the entire country for, like, black kids, black youth, black and brown kids. And, you know, when I'm beating myself up because I take so many L's and I'm stressing out, right, it, it distracts me from the wins, you know? And, like, like, I'll go in my gym, and every time I look at the Ironbound Box Cam, I'm like... We made this from scratch. The graffiti, you know what I mean? The rings. I was there for all of it. I hung up damn near every heavy bag. 
And it's like, man, just to freaking appreciate that, you know? And part of me had been in my head, and I mentioned it, you know, the uh, I, I want to do an episode on the, the, the kind of theme of the show anyway, or the, the, the concept of the Icarus of flying too hot to the sun, you know, because behind the scenes, I've spent the majority of this year, a little over like half this year, working on this Courage Academy, which I haven't actually gone public with. But we have an opportunity to basically outfit this facility in downtown Newark um, into a boxing gym and incubator space. But in order to do it, we got to build it out. We got to raise money for the build out, which is like $750,000. And then on top of that, right, like there's this like, I forgot what the charges are called because it's in a luxury apartment building, but it's going to increase our overhead to like 3,800 a month. And we don't even have 3,800 a month coming in concurrently concurrently and so like i don't know i guess in covid everything's locked down and all this other stuff you don't know what the future's gonna look like right and we're dealing with the fact that like we weren't in our gym you know our gym is in a city recreation center so we don't have complete control over it and it's like you know it was just such a i just thought it'd be so dope for us to kind of create this this one in a kind space you know boxing gym incubator space we got thrive there you know, this is like the new version of like the Boys and Girls Club in like downtown Newark in like a unique way, in a way that only Ironbound can do. Um, and we didn't get this grant through ESPN that I thought was going to help us kick off the project. Until now, like I was kind of down because I was like, oh, man, we spent, you know, I, I teed up so many like sponsors and supporters to help us get this thing, you know, moving in the right direction. I mean, we work with this urban planning firm called Topology. And I mean, it's beautiful assets, right? I, I made all these beautiful assets, but I, you know, we didn't get the grant. And so it had me second guessing a lot of stuff. But you know what I decided to do, man? I was like, you know what? I'm, I need to get in the gym with the kids. Cause like I hadn't been in the gym as much because I've been handling like a lot of admin stuff and my schedule with the, uh, with the for-profit, you know, I was still adjusted on that COVID schedule. Um, in a sense of like, I was only coaching on Saturdays. So I was like, I'm going to get back in the gym, start coaching again, man. And when I go see my kids, right, like it's crazy, right? Like they don't have any care in the world. They got gear. They're geared out. They got great coaches. Like, hell, they don't really need me anymore because we got so many coaches now. But I do feel like I bring a certain kind of vibe. You know, they love seeing me. Um, and I love seeing them. So getting back in the gym. But it's like, man, this is what it's about right here. Like all this other stuff is a nice to have. You know, but this right here, this core, these smiles on these kids' faces is, you know, the necessity. You got nice to haves and you got the necessity. And this is what it's about. And the crazy part about this too is like, I don't do feel good boxing, right? Like that was adamant about that. Like when I moved out to Newark, I was like, I want to learn inner city boxing, right? Like I, my plan was to go to the Naval Academy, it's coming to Newark. Didn't even know Newark had a boxing scene. I was going to catch a train, go to New York City, be in the New York City boxing scene. But again, once I got here, I haven't really needed to do the New York City boxing scene unless it's with our kids sparring or fighting because there's a whole crowd of like untapped potential here. But I was adamant about like being a real fucking amateur boxing coach because like I just remember being at the Naval Academy and seeing the way these kids fought in in these gyms in Brooklyn, whatever. I was like, man, these guys are doing it for real. You know, I could hold my own, but this was some next level stuff, right? 
And I look at my kids, man, we are it. We're like, we're the truth. You know, this ain't feel good. You know, oh, it's cute. He hits the pad. I mean, we're cracking. We're knocking people out. We're sending kids to amateur, I mean, to USA Boxing Nationals. And it's like, my God, you know? And like, I'm I'm sitting here looking at like my boxers and I'm like, man, we built this team from the ground up. Y'all, we're rolling the shows, freaking seven boxers deep, which is like rare for like an amateur boxing scene, unless you're like in the collegiates. But it's like, man, like, this is a real brand. I mean, we're at the we're at these fights in Patterson, New Jersey. And I don't know if I, I think I talked about it on the last episode, but it was like boxing out of the Ironbound Boxing Academy. And I remember being at the freaking Naval Academy and the feeling I felt when somebody was like, boxing out of Red Corner, representing the United States Naval Academy. Now, here's one thing that has like survived the test of time, been around since like the, you know, the 18, the 1800s, right? And then here's something that we built from scratch in 2017. And if that's not badass, like, I don't know what else is. Like, that's the, like, like, that's the goal. I mean, we've accomplished the goal that we set out to do. Um, but it's like, I can't just sit on the ground. You know, it's like, I got to push it. I, I want to impact more kids, you know, and I also want to make this thing like kind of self-sustaining. And, you know, maybe that's why I keep moving the goalposts as an entrepreneur. And I was talking about this to my business coach early on, like two years ago when we first started working together. And he was telling me like, go out and make more money. Like you, you're looking at money wrong. You know, he's like, you can look and say like, okay, even if you don't spend the money, you can donate the money to your organization. And I'm still kind of working through that, right? Like this idea of like, you know, who, what, the, like what, what, how much money do I want to bring in? Like how much money do I want to make? Like I would love to be able to bring in like, 15k 20k a month in recurring revenue like take home for me not for my business but just straight up like take home and for some people like I was on with, a, with one of my frat brothers and he was like he casually was just like man I'm just making you know so and so like just over a hundred thousand right just straight off of consultant you know but back in the day he was making like half a million you know from his job and I'm just thinking in my head like man you know how much you know how a good of entrepreneur you got to be to bring it to justify taking home a 500K a year, right? Like you got to make some real money, you know? You got to be like, that's that's a big operation for like a business. But sometimes it's like, is it me in my head? You know, why can't I go out there and sell like a 250K contract, get two of them and call it a day or something or three of them, three 250K contracts, right? Um, and it, maybe it's like this kind of like limiting belief, but part of it is like, you know, working through like your why, like, why do you want to do everything? You know, it's like, okay, so you want to make 20K, you want to take home 20K a month in salary. Why? Because I feel like that's like financially, truly financially independent for me, you know, but it's like, you know, when you start taking that kind of money, what does your life look like? Maybe it looks a lot different. You know, part of me also kind of like reverse engineers this thing in a sense of like the work that fills me up, the work I enjoy doing is less about managing people and more about delivering and creating value. You know, like I enjoy like this kind of thought leadership, reading, writing, helping people solve problems, right? I don't enjoy uh, managing a bunch of people. 
And so it's got me, again, thinking about like my own kind of like personal flywheel, right? And a flywheel is just kind of like Jim Collins kind of uh, coined it, but it's just like how you create momentum in a venture. Like the top of the flywheel is like recession proof. No matter what you do this, you know, in the case of like uh, me, it could be like read and write. And then I'd read and write to come up with business models or something. I turn around and, you know, you know, test the business models. Once I violate the business model, generate rep or something, I don't know. Um, but like this flywheel is like how you have momentum. So you got a flywheel in your business and you got like a flywheel in your personal life of like what fills you up. And like Jim Collins flywheel, I think the top of his flywheel is like curiosity. He gets curious about certain things and then this leads him to doing research. And then he takes that research and turns it into some kind of like physical product, whether it's like a book or, or something. And that builds his like credibility in the space. And then people hire him out, you know, to kind of, you know, do more projects, et cetera. And then he's able to keep exploring his own curiosities. And so he has this, just this flywheel going round and round. And the, it's hard to get it cranking at first, but the more you do it, the faster the flywheel spins and it just keeps going. And so when I think about me, right. And I, I literally go back and forth with this because when I started the podcast agency and I started having success right off the bat, I was excited, right? I was like, I'm ready to lean into this sucker, you know, growth mode, you know, let's get more clients, let's get more contracts, right? Let me start building out the team, scale this business. Cause I was like, oh, this is it. Like this could really be it. You know, having that company of like, you know, one to like 10 employees, right? And I started reading these books about how to build an agency, and you get a bunch of, you basically just get a bunch of clients on retainer and then you hire a bunch of staff to help those clients out. And that's how you build a, a seven figure agency. But I realized y'all like, I'm not trying to be like a CEO and then have 30 employees. Like I don't, I do not want to manage that many people. And, and maybe that's a limiting belief, but I'm being honest, at least right now. And what I want to do, man, I just want to do meaningful work. I want to do meaningful work craftsman like work you know work that I enjoy that I enjoy that makes me a specialist that allows me to um have you know have some freedom and some flexibility I freaking work at coffee shops I get out of my apartment you know I'm, I'm podcasting right now you know at Rutgers right next to the library in the evening and it's like man that's that's the kind of stuff that fills me up you know if I could just automate things make things more streamlined, I'll be very happy. And so as I'm like kind of looking at myself, right? Like, do I just want to have a lifestyle business? And that's okay, you know? Because I am i don't know if I'm saying I'm going for maximum impact. I'm just going for like, I don't know. I'm going for a fulfilling life and I already have a fulfilling life, right? I have a beautiful girlfriend, a beautiful brand we built from the ground up. You know, I have kids fighting all the, fighting damn near every weekend, you know, and I'm just being able to be a part of that. Right. Like, and again, we're volunteer coaches, right? Like I don't, I don't take a salary, right? Like we raised a lot of money during COVID. We launched a new program called Thrive and we're doing this Ironbound scholarship. So we got a lot of stuff going on, but at the end of the day, right? Like, isn't this the dream? Isn't this why I set out on this path in the first place and just got to just tighten things up. And, this, you know, for all y'all that are listening that are aspiring entrepreneurs or already entrepreneurs, don't be afraid to kind of ask yourself, like, what kind of business do you want to be 
or what kind of uh, lifestyle do you want to live? And then build your business around that kind of lifestyle. I was listening to this business coach uh, by the name of Michelle Warner. I haven't met her. Um, I'm interested in reaching out to her, getting her on my other podcast, The Transition. But uh, she spoke to a group of uh, veterans and residents that, uh, as part of Bunker Labs. And I didn't even go to the talk, but I saw someone post about her. And I saw his comment and I looked her up and something on her LinkedIn page stood out to me. And it was like, she helps tiny businesses build to last or something. And it just kind of struck me. And I don't know if it's just because of kind of how I'm thinking about my business and me as an entrepreneur. And I start looking her up and then I just start listening to like a bunch of different podcasts by her. That's kind of my, that's what I do y'all, right? I see an author or somebody I'm interested in, a thought leader. I start looking them up and I, I listen to them, seeing podcasts. And one thing she talked about, which really resonated with me, was that there's like these five stages of growth in business. Stage one is validate. Stage two is sales. So this is when like, like validation, you're just trying to validate that the business model works, that like you can get a paid client. Somebody's willing to pay you for this product or service. That's how you validate it. It's not hype. It's not somebody saying, oh, that's a good idea. No, it's when somebody's willing to pay you for it. Stage two is sales. And this is when you have some kind of recurring revenue going where you have predictable revenue where you can say like, oh, month over month, I know I can bring in X. And then you have team. This is when you start to build out your team, uh, staff, 1099s, et cetera. Then you have like this expansion where you kind of really grow. And then I think the last stage is either like legacy or like exit or something, whatever you're thinking. But one of the things that resonated really well with me is that like she was talking about like, a lot of entrepreneurs rush through stage two and stage three, which is like the sales and the team page, the sales and the team stage. And what that can cause is all these different kind of headaches because we're so quick to get out of this like one-on-one -on -one work, you know, um, we want to just kind of, you know, scale up so quick, whatever. And when you do that, like you just start throwing more complexity into your business model without really getting tight and really getting good at what it is you do. And that really hit me because, you know, as I think about like my own case, right? Like I started to get a lot of success, which I felt like success early on. So my thing is like, oh my gosh, you should turn on the gas. And then, you know, go, let me go get a team together. And so, you know, started looking at building out, you know, some process consultants and build all these processes and do all this other stuff that I thought I'm supposed to do as an entrepreneur. But after hearing her talk about that, I was like, Mike, man, sit your ass down, relax. You've got a business model. You're bringing in revenue. You know, let's, I don't want to say slow down, but like, what are you rushing towards? More stress? You know, like, let's get intentional about this thing, right? Before I start trying to run and build out, like, let me get this revenue model going. And then, you know, and I, I've got revenue coming in. Don't get me wrong, but she's more talking about like being able to say, like, I know how much revenue I could bring in month over month, like rain, sleet, hell or snow. In order to do that, you got to have like a good funnel. Um, and you're just, you're just cranking. And so it just got me reevaluating, man, about like, you know, my business, I want a business that allows me to do the stuff that fills my soul. Filling my soul is reading, it's writing, it's spending time with, you know, the boxing community, my girlfriend, you know, um, just people that pour into me, people I feel like I can pour into. And that's what this is all about for me, you know? And I think, you know, again, instead of like constantly just moving the goalposts to the next thing, it's like, 
just slowing down to just kind of like enjoy the moment, enjoy the journey. It's so funny to me too, because when you start doing these podcasts and you go back and hear yourself, right? And hear what was on your mind and what was going through your, your thought process at a certain point in time, you know, it can, it can help you appreciate again where you are now because this is publishing. You know, when the pandemic first hit, I did a, a What Was Me podcast. Some of y'all out there called me and was like, Mike, everything good? You know, um, and I was just kind of venting on the show about, you know, having my gym closed down, revenue fall to zero. I was like, I think I titled the episode, this is going to be my finest hour. When was, ironically, it was. But yeah, man, you're able to reference those points. And it's like, and I'm sure that at some point in like 20 episodes from now, I'm going to listen to this and I'm going to be like, man, Mike was sitting there talking about 20K contracts. Now you're getting 100K contracts, whatever. But the goalpost is always moving, man. It's always moving. And so what I got to do and what I encourage all of us out there to do is figure out and ask ourselves why and what are you going to do about it? You know, and I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, as I wrap up, man, I'm going to, I'm going to tell y'all what I, what I'm doing about it. Every morning I get up and I read for 20 minutes. And lately I've been reading a lot of business books and business books. Really? I enjoy business books. I don't know why it was, maybe it was addiction or something. I just like knowledge, man. I love learning so much of my life. I thought I was dumb, but I just didn't realize I was an autodidact and that I'm just a self-taught learner. And so I, 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 business is still, it's like exciting to me. I don't know. Business is like boxing to me when I first learned it. It's the same level of passion. Like I just, I just enjoy it. Um, but I find myself rereading books. And now not only do I read the books, I start writing about them. And then I, I can talk about them on this podcast. So like, I got a lot of stuff I've been writing y'all. So expect uh, some good stuff to be coming. But so I read for 20 minutes. Before I read, actually, I've been writing gratitude. So I write, you know, three things I'm thankful for uh, each morning. Um, I'll tell you what I what I wrote. Um, what I what I what I wrote. I was thankful for today. You know, um, I wrote that uh, I was waking up to see another day next to my beautiful girlfriend Simone. I was thankful for my Friday calls with one of my acceleration partner Ron Mao. We talk about life, entrepreneur, and uh, entrepreneurship, and give each other words of encouragement. And interesting about Ron, right? Like Ron and I have met every Friday since before the pandemic. We just do a quick 30-minute call. We talk about our businesses, life. We pray and keep it moving. And I'm not like the most religious person, but I'm like, I'm also believe that there's nothing wrong with like praying to whoever you want to pray to, you know, just accepting the energy of the universe and, you know, just putting good energy out. And one of the reasons Ron and I became, um, one of the reasons Ron and I became cool is, uh, he's an entrepreneur, already built a company, sold it, launched another company. But when I first joined our little cohort, the Lions Pride, right? I went out to that first live event. I had come back home to Texas. I'm out there, you know, all these business owners are making millions of dollars in revenue. And I came back to my little one bedroom apartment in Newark, feeling like a fraud, feeling like a, a imposter and was overwhelmed and felt depressed. Um, I felt like I was coming back to like build a temple. And all I had was like this, I mean, build a pyramid. And all I had was this like 
little ass tool and a pile of rubble in front of me. And I was like, this is so daunting. And Ron sent me this book, uh, How to Have a Yes Attitude, I think it's called. I forgot. But it just kind of popped me right out of it. And uh, me and him been cool ever since. And then when they were like, yo, you guys need to get Acceleration Partners. I put in my recommendation. I was like, I want to do Ron. So we've been working ever since. And then the last thing I wrote I was thankful for is my commitment to keep pushing forward regardless of the self-doubt I feel inside. And that can be self-doubt from um, my entrepreneurial hustle, self-doubt from freaking Ironbound, right? And where we're going to raise, how much we're going to raise more money and get this Courage Academy built and all that goes into that. I'm going to, you know, pay staff, et cetera. And then also, you know, write about self-care. And it's like, hey, after I do my little, you know, three things I'm thankful for, for self-care, I put read, write, and meditate. And in the evening, I'm supposed to write three things I'm thankful for each evening. Um, and I don't always do it, but I got to do a better job. But right now I'm starting out, you know, getting my gratitude. That's my daily gratitude. After that, I sit down and I read for 20, I write for 20 minutes. I set a timer, boom, boom, boom. And I just write. And then after I'm done with that, drink my coffee. And I'm doing all this while drinking coffee. Actually, I like go to a coffee shop. But, you know, I do my work day, man. I'm out there. I'm hustling. I'm grinding. But more recently, again, I've been making a habit of getting in the gym and getting around the kids and like prioritizing that. So, you know, trying to end my work day at five o'clock so I can get to the gym and be there and coach with the kids, even if it's three days a week. And so that's what I'm working on to be more present and be more appreciative of what I got and, and getting intentional about my business. So, and you guys are part of the journey, man. If you're listening to this show, you're, I'm being honest with y'all, right? Like I don't got it all figured out, but I hope in some way, in, in some aspect, you know, you see my journey and you uh, see your own as well. And, you know, at the end of the day, like we all are all on this, this life journey together, you know, um, and it's exciting, kind of exciting to know that, like, uh, that, you know, no matter what, like, there are people out there that, you know, there's this human experience that we can all resonate with. And even if you're not trying to be an entrepreneur, maybe you're trying to get that new job at work or, you know, you're still in the military and trying to get that, again, trying to get that promotion or you're just kind of contemplating life. And so, you know, you find some peace that, you know, somebody else kind of has the same thoughts as you. Who knows? But. You know, I hope that I uh, hope you guys enjoyed, you know, this time with me tonight. And again, I'll be making a lot more episodes. And I, I know what I want to tell you all uh, before I wrap up is that I'm bothered. Not that I'm bothered by the fact that I'm reading business books, but I know that one of the things I'm adamant about doing for the show is doing more deep dives on African-American studies, African-American literature, American studies. And so I need to make sure that I'm not just, you know, reading just the business books but also, you know, tackling some of these thicker issues. And like, I think it's like, even with this show, right? I just committed. I was like, you know what, man? I'm just about to get out my microphone. I'm about to go out there and I'm about to podcast. And I just made a decision. I was like, I'm going to podcast. And any chance I get, I'm going to podcast. But, you know, part of me, I'm in my head about some of these uh, other deep topics of like Malcolm X and all this other stuff because I just want to get it right, you know? And that's a hard part about content because every time you record content, you know, I listen to my own show. I'll be honest with y'all. Like, someone's like, Mike, what are you listening to? I'm like, Confessions of a Native Son. Um, but I want to, 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. Like, I've done some really good episodes on here, like episodes that I like listening to. And so I'm always trying to make good content and good episodes. But sometimes in your quest to be perfect, and this is the same thing I tell my clients, you know, you, 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 you don't get the content out. And so instead of me just kind of like, oh, I want to talk about the debate between W.E. Du Bois and Booker T. Washington. I want to talk about the spook that set by the door or Malcolm X and all this kind of stuff. Instead of me saying I want to talk about this stuff, I just need to sit down and record. And so that's what I'm doing, right? So again, as we keep moving forward, as we keep growing and learning from each other, you know, um, expect me to, you know, sit out here, just kind of work through these free flowing thoughts about these different topics. And, you know, if I get it wrong or if it's not as strong as some other episodes, I apologize. But uh, I just want you to know that, you know, what's important to me is uh, getting these thoughts out. And uh, again, I will always appreciate y'all for for um, being the guests, not being the guests, but being listeners on my show. So as I close out, man, uh, I just want y'all to know how much I appreciate you. If some of this stuff resonates with you, please reach out to me. You can reach out to me on Instagram or LinkedIn. Been laying off of Facebook. I'm actually trying to get off social media altogether um, because I just really want to just read and write and podcast. In order to be able to do that, I got to protect my mind and my energy and my thoughts. And so, you know, you won't catch me on Facebook, but you will catch me on uh, on LinkedIn and Instagram. So, you know, as you start listening to this show, um, yeah, shoot me a message, man. I want to hear from y'all. And uh, also, if you haven't done so already, do me a favor and subscribe and support this podcast by giving us five stars and leaving a review on iTunes. This is an organic show, right? I barely market this show. Uh, this is just kind of like my personal thoughts, right, where I jump on here. But, you know, if you are, if if you wouldn't mind sharing this show with someone, even if it's just one person, um, and leaving a review and like taking a screenshot of it for me and send it to me, you know, I would love, I would really appreciate that just so I know who y'all are out there and, uh, what some of your takeaways are from the show. I haven't got a newsletter out yet for this show, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it before this next episode. Um, so head over to confessions of a native sign up for my newsletter. And if you like this type of dialogue or interested in booking me to speak at your organization, you can contact me through the website. Just click the tab that says book me to speak, fill out the contact information and someone from my team will get back to you as soon as uh, possible. I appreciate y'all. Have a great rest of your week, a great rest of your day. And I look forward to uh, speaking with you on the next episode. I'm a free black man, hold up my head, black man. Beautiful black man, I don't that feel nice, man. I love your brother, black man, and chase our dreams, black man. And get that cream, black man, we the original man.